Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Happy Hour Hangout Podcast. I am your host for uh, for the evening. My name is Steven. I got my partner, Travis, over on the, on the other line. Trav, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great, Steve. Looking forward to this one, man. Tell so the people is... who we brought in, Steve. <laughs> I will definitely get there. So this is an extra, extra special pod. Um, cause not only is today Cinco de Mayo, did you check your calendar, Travis? Did you know today is Cinco de Mayo? I did. And Taco Tuesday all rolled into one. Have you already had all your tacos? Yes. Okay. 16 of them. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> celebration. I'm surprised you made it on here. That's it. <laughs> not only is it Cinco de Mayo, but we have our very first interview episode, uh, of the podcast and, our first guest is none other than uh, our good friend, Mark Richard. Mark, can you say hi to everybody? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. We are more than ecstatic to have you here because we have got good episode planned. Got some uh, questions we're going to throw your way. We are going to tell a couple stories. I'm sure you've gotten reserved. Uh, you saw the notes. So I'm sure you took a couple. Um, and I think we're just going to have a good time. So we are going to we're going to go ahead and kick this off. Um, yeah. Mark. I know you're new, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of ease you through this. But every every episode we start with a uh, taste test. I know that you just uh, showed your drink, so thank you for coming prepared. Um, so Travis, I'm gonna actually have you kick it off and yep. show Mark how it's done. All right. Well, I am uh, for the folks watching on YouTube. I'm drinking an Odell Brewing Company. Uh, it's an Indiana Pale Ale IPA. They're out of beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, this beer has is seven percent alcohol, so I uh, I do like to bring the heavy hitters, and uh, this one is uh, is right there with them. Um, it, other than making a great beer, one of the things that I like most about this company, and uh, makes me feel good as I'm uh, down in about six of these guys for getting my day, is that uh, they are environmentally sustainable, Steve. They have a wow. 11,000 square foot area of solar panels at their uh, facility there in Fort Collins, and they have a goal to be 0% landfill by the end of this year. Um, they're at 87% currently, according to their website. And um, not to get too far out there, but that, that's pretty impressive. If you think about all the waste that comes in with making beer, to only have 13% going to landfill is just an incredible feat. And uh, so I'm big uh, hats off to these folks out here in Fort Collins, make a great beer and uh, they're uh, they're saving the planet uh, one beer at a time as I uh, as I drink them. And yes, Steve, I do recycle. So I'm doing my part on my end as well. Uh, Steve, well, what you drink? Or actually I'm kick it to Mark, maybe. I'm extra. First of all, I'm extra proud of you for recycling. And I'm also extra yeah. proud of you for being one of the people that likes to tell people that you recycle. So. You Cheers know, Steve, that. Um, I almost take offense to that, but I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Shout out St. Louis City. Uh, they make it incredibly easy to recycle. Uh, I got a dumpster right outside of my uh, in the alleyway. So uh, I could not agree with you more on that one. Yeah. All righty, Mark. Uh, I feel you're up to the challenge. So why don't you go ahead and give us your taste test? Outstanding. Well, I am uh, I am drinking a margarita. The tequila is Dulce Vita tequila. Uh, margaritas, fun fact, were made by a woman in her late 40s named Karen uh, in the 1920s. Uh, Karen said, uh, how can I appropriate someone else's culture for a drink? And they said, you should do this. And she said, great. She tried to call it the Karen Rita, didn't stick. So they were just workshopping it until about 1974. 
then they went for the margarita. But it took about 30 years in deliberations over the name before it actually worked. So leave it, leave it to a Karen to take over 40 years to get yes. it. Right. I mean, it's really just a, an American success story. So it's just uh, it's inspirational stuff. So, <laughs> I love that taste test. That's mm-hmm. excellent. <laughs> really, it's really good. I don't know yes. if you've ever heard of a margarita, but they're really tasty. You should try one sometime. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Everything is mild. Well, for my taste test, I uh, I got to be honest with you, fellas. I actually struggled coming up with a good one for today. Um, you know, because as we talked about today, is Cinco de Mayo, um, so you got to have something that's margarita-ish or you know something with a lime. Um, but I realized I don't I don't have any tequila at my house, and you know, time time flies, and I was. Just, couldn't, couldn't go and get some, uh, but I had a bunch of lime juice, and actually I had margarita mix, and I also realized that uh, this past weekend, I don't know if you guys remember, it was supposed to be the Kentucky Derby, which means a lot of mint juleps and a lot of things with bourbon in it. Bourbon's one of my favorite things in the whole world, so for my taste test, it is a bourbon margarita, um, and I'm sporting it in the Harp, in a Harpo's cup. Shout out Ooh. to Harpo's, great establishment. Um, and before you guys start calling me an alcoholic that just put a bunch of stuff together and called it whatever I just called it, I actually did find this online, uh, and it's it is a couple two and a half ounces of bourbon, which for me I chose uh, Buffalo Trace. Travis, I know you're a big fan of that. Shout out, top yeah, ten. Love that. Um, had an original margarita mix, so about two and a half ounces of that, and then an ounce of lime juice. Put it in a shaker, shook it up, and uh, poured it on ice. And fellas, I gotta tell you, it's actually pretty great. So. I don't ever have to drink tequila again. I'll just drink bourbon margaritas for the rest of my life, and uh, I'll be okay with that. So that sounds good. Here is uh, here's a cheers to you fellows. Cheers. Cheers. Fantastic. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, move forward and and uh, talk about why we're all here, which is uh, Mark Richard. And what's great about having you as our first guest is you have <clears throat> known us for quite a long time. Uh, since our college days, freshman year. Uh, so we've probably known each other, what, 12 years? Yeah. yeah why don't uh, Why don't we go ahead and kick this off by you uh, telling tell us a little bit about your younger years uh, coming into SEMO um, and how, how it is that you uh, became such good friends with Travi and I. Sure. Um, I'm from Jefferson City. Uh, I was born and raised in Jefferson City, um, and that community is blessed to have a very strong and vibrant like community theater scene. So, um, and that's ultimately what I went after in life and what I studied in college. So, um, I was lucky enough to do uh, quite a quite a good range of productions growing up. Um, you know, from straight plays to you know full-on musicals, and so I. Um, I was in high school, and I, um, in addition to doing arts and theater and whatnot, I uh, was very strong in classes that had to do with like civics and the Constitution. Um, I took this class called We the People, which was like a you had to study up with the Constitution, and then you would uh, at the like midpoint of the year you would debate other schools and did that and had a great conversation with the president of the Missouri Bar after that. So I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna try to be a lawyer. And then my parents were like, well, why don't you try? Why don't you try theater? And I was like, Mom and Dad, artists do not make a living. I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, like, have you ever thought about it? I was like, that'd be cool, but I don't really know anything about it. Uh, and they pushed me to um, 
audition for like several programs across the state and i picked southeast because they were opening up this beautiful like really cutting edge uh, river campus that was just devoted to like the arts and theater and whatnot so i uh, signed up there um and i uh i rushed lambda chi alpha the spring semester of my freshman year um and to my recollection um i had i had certainly known who the two of you are for sure but i remember and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I, uh, when I noticed, I guess when I was like, okay, that's Steve with love a guy is pretty weird. And that's funny. Um, <laughs> was, was, uh, you were like on the Greek week committee for the, for the chapter. And we were with the tri sigmas that year. Right. That's, that's and great. it was like a musical theater, like, uh, theme to the, to the conflict of the skit competition if i remember correctly and we got hairspray so we had to do auditions and i went in and i i don't remember the exact song i sang so if you remember kudos to you but um i went in and i sang the song and then i uh, i'm pretty sure it was a michael buble song i just don't remember which one it is i think so too I, whatever i i sang this song in the chapter room of the fraternity house um and then i like hung out in the house and then auditions got, got over and steve was like sitting in on auditions so steve, steven comes up to me after the auditions are over and i don't really know steve that well not really that well at all i mean i think we'd had like one solo conversation briefly before that, that maybe and steven walks up to me and he goes and i'm paraphrasing says that you have the voice of an angel i want to pay you to serenade me to sleep at night and I, I like burst out laughing. I was like, that is one of the weirdest things ever, anyone's ever said to me. And then uh, from that moment on, I was like, okay, this guy can match my weird. I can, I can hang with this dude. And then, uh, and then I got to be buddies with with uh, Travis through extension of just uh, <laughs> like that initial like icebreaker of a wall just being plowed out of the way. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's um, how the friendship uh, started, and then uh, and then I got to know these guys through through college, and it was a great experience. <laughs> Happy to know you. I think it's a strong way to uh, break the ice. I, I that's an yeah, you really story. couldn't have done any better. <laughs> oh, no, that story's awesome. <laughs> so when you were uh, to kind of piggyback off of your story when you decided on SEMA, so it was in high school that you really became like super passionate about theater and and production type stuff or was it mm. not until you got to SEMO that you were like okay this is really what I want to do well I, in my community it was uh it was theater and that, and that and that was it and um theater is amazing I will always probably do theater on and off throughout my whole life um mm. it was like what I was raised in I feel at home there it's wonderful um from my perspective, whenever I was thinking about it growing up, um, while I was even at SEMO, I, I just thought to myself, like, you know, uh, I think film and television is probably the better move. I'm, I find myself a lot more passionate and knowledgeable about that, and I feel like it would be uh, a lot easier to create in that vein versus theater. But I didn't, you know, I hadn't really thought that far ahead or deep mm -hmm. growing up. I just knew that, like, I would spend hours on IMDb.com 
and I would learn not just like the actors or the directors, but the producers and the casting directors. Um, like to this day, like I have kind of like a, a pretty decent mental Rolodex of casting directors who I've, I just pay attention to the credits after something's over. And uh, mm-hmm. so like, I'm, I know that like if I ever audition for that person or like cross paths with that person, I can immediately have something to talk about. Like, Oh, you cast this show. I love this show and mm-hmm. compliment them on their work. Um, but again, um, so growing up, theater was like the way was the like, the way that like to get into that. And I'm glad that I pursued theater in college. Um, but uh, but you know, ultimately, through just kind of a little bit more self discovery, I was like, LA yeah. and film and TV. That's where I'm going. That's awesome. I like that. Fantastic, man. Well, let's let's jump forward a little bit. So. <clears throat> Um, you've actually, before you went to, so you're obviously in LA right now. Uh, you've lived there for what, four, five years now? Six years, six and a half years. It'll be seven in September. Crazy. Holy cow. Well, I know that before LA, you spent some time in New York and all the way through your college years, you actually had planned on moving out to New York and making your, your, your career in in television and and movies out there. Uh, but I know that there was a, a change and ultimately you decided to move to LA. Um, talk kind of run us through what what made you change your mind in that process because i know you were i mean you were all in on new york and and here you are living on the west coast instead of the east coast sure um well uh i loved my time in new york i, I studied at the neighborhood playhouse which is this um i, I did a their summer program uh I applied for there it, it was amazing shout out neighborhood playhouse uh incredible actors have gone through there i'm not going to name all of them but um for those <laughs> interested check it out it's it's a great legendary school um and uh yeah new york was amazing i uh really loved the style of living there where you you just feel so much more connected to where you're living when you're in a place where you're walking and you're on the subway every day you just you feel that energy more um I don't know. I, I just feel, and I think maybe there's something also with like being on your feet a lot more. You just feel like a lot more energized all the time. You just always feel like you're going. Um, so yeah, I, I loved New York. Um, and the art scene there of course is, is, um, really unbelievable. Uh, but ultimately I, uh, I thought, um, you know, I know myself and I know that a, in my opinion, uh, the scene is stronger out here, more opportunity out here. Um, but also, uh, if I wanted to have like any kind of a life where I felt I could have like a brief, um, moment away from the stresses of like what I was pursuing or like, you know, the stress of like the lifestyle that you kind of have to adopt to even like begin something like this, I, I thought, you know, I'd rather do it in L.A. to where, like, I can have a little bit more room to stretch out. Um, you know, I can, I'm 30 minutes drive from, like, a beach, like, you know, from, like, where I li- first lived here. And now I'm, like, even closer. Um, there's just a lot more to do and see. And you just don't feel so cramped all the time. And I think it was ultimately the right move. And I love, you know, I grew to love Los Angeles. Um, but I still fondly, I mean, I went to New York last year with my girlfriend. And we went to my favorite pizza place. And I was, like still remembering all the subway lines, even though we'd had more than a few drinks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, uh, but I think 
ultimately it was like a career move. It was like, you know, I, in New York, I felt as if only if I had been in certain circles that I would have like had success. Whereas in LA, I felt like it was a little bit more even, I mean, certainly like if you're better connected, the better for you. But I felt like the uh, ground level was a little bit more attainable in Los Angeles, mm. which I think is proven for, at least for me to be true. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the things that I was uh, thinking about when we were starting to think, all right, we're going to do some interviews is like, we want to tell stories. Right. But I want to like get like a little bit deeper than just like your surface level story. And one of the things that's popping through my head, I know when you move to LA, you're starting out, you're brand new into the scene. You are trying to cut your teeth besides just like grinding through, trying to find like work basically how do you like make ends meet walk us through like what those first like few months years whatever the breaking point is that you are like okay i'm starting to feel more comfortable in my career but like Mm. those early years have got to be tough right yeah um yeah uh i got to la and i didn't i didn't have a job um i moved to an area of la called the valley which is uh if you split la and uh, and half the northern half like it, the the dividing line would be the mountains in my mind the dividing line would be like the mountains that like have like the hollywood sign on them right mm-hmm. so on the northern half of that that's the valley um i lived in the deep valley um and uh i got there didn't have a job i was applying for everything and it was kind of a catch-22 because most places were like you know you have to have two years of la experience to get hired and i'd be like well I just moved here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was manager of this place and I've got a letter of recommendation here. And they're like, who do I, you know, why do I care about, you know, blah, blah, blah restaurant. Like I've mm-hmm. never even heard of that. Is this even a real town mm-hmm. or, you know, like whatever. Cause I'm sure they've heard everything. Sure. Um, so that was tough, but I, I had a friend um, who is now one of my roommates uh, who had moved out here uh, named Trent Bruce. Shout out Trent Bruce. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out Trent Bruce in his podcast another shitty podcast um <laughs> but he got me uh that is the me. actual title it's phenomenal i like yeah. that that's, that's a good title called. if nothing else All right <laughs> um he got me a job at this catering uh spot and i would do that as often as i could and that was a lot of fun it got me um, familiar with how with the layout of los angeles um i quickly became very familiar <laughs> with uh, a level of wealth that I had never even like, comp- like it was beyond my comprehension how much money some of these people had. You know, you're working at these celebrities' houses or like the people who are the producers for these celebrities' houses and like, you know, billionaire neighborhoods and stuff. And it's pretty wild. I mean, it was pretty fun. You get to, it is a definitely a crash course um, in not being super excited when you see, like when you hear celebrities around you. N- now it's like, not to sound jaded because I'm not, I'm so thankful that like I live in a place where like people like that I aspire to be like, or, you know, relatively around me. Like I, there's a tiny yeah. chance I could see them at the cafe or the market or something, but it, you know, now it's like, do you hear celebrities here? Oh, well, well who is it? And if, if they were like Jerry Seinfeld, I'd be like, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I did catering. Um, I, I, <laughs> I worked at a burger place that was terrible. Um, I worked at a health spot as an assistant manager, like this like retail smoothie place in West Hollywood. 
um, which uh, if you're not familiar with West Hollywood, that is a beautiful place. It is um, uh, it definitely has its own culture there. Uh, but it, it was um, it was a, an eye-opening experience for a uh, you know a bright-eyed boy from Missouri. Uh, but I had a great time there. Um, then I started working at a restaurant where I worked for many years. I was like a really legendary Los Angeles restaurant, which was cool because um, it really kind of upped my food game and appreciation for all that. Uh, plus, it's right by the beach in Santa Monica, so can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I've done I've done a lot of like random. I've bartended at the Hello Kitty Con. That was a. Uh... <laughs> and here's can the you, thing. Can you here's please? The, Here's Please, the thing. No, we repeat oh, with, what you just well, said. So with like a lot of those jobs, like catering jobs, you'll often just get an email saying like the information that you need to know. So like Mark Richard, bartender, make sure that you have this, this, this specific piece of equipment because you have to have your own bartending kit, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you dress in black shirt, black slacks, black tie, blah, blah, blah. Right. But they, if it's like a big event like that, it'll just be the, the party organizer's name on the email. So if it were just like a regular couple, like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith for their, you know, uh, bar mitzvah, you know, for their kid, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll just be like their name. But if it was like a big client, it's party planner's name you don't know. So I show up to this area in downtown L.A. Um, and uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm they have like all the bartenders like in this area with like all these like tall ivy partitions around us and uh they go they're handing out bow ties like specific bow ties for all the bartenders to wear and i'm looking at it before i put it on and there's just like cats all over it and i'm like i'm like kind of giggling to myself and i'm like what is what is because we're right by this convention center downtown like i'm like what what is this event and they go okay we're gonna open these gates you're not allowed to take any photos uh, they made us sign like an NDA before, like beforehand, like you can't you know post any photos from this because like it'll ruin our social media, blah blah blah. And then they uh, they go you know they assign you at certain bars. You go to the bar. I'm setting up. I'm like cutting limes and stuff, whatever, icing down beers. And they go, okay, we're gonna open the gates. And then like six thousand people just like stampede. Um, and it was like. It, it, like the demographic split pretty kind of along what you think like it it was like a lot of little girls um like and then like just like some like weirder older guys mm-hmm. uh and like it was just so bizarre man and like it's just one of those things where you're like you know you've got a girl with like cat ears who's like got like a backpack and like has like a like a pikachu clutch and she's just like <laughs> can I get three Cosmos? And I'm like, sure. And then like, someone's like, Oh my gosh, you're so, 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 so I follow you on this streaming service. And she's like, Oh my God. And then they're doing a dance while I'm making it. And I'm just like laughing, wearing this cat bow tie, you know, like, and you just, you just never know jobs like that. Like you just never know what's going to happen what you're going to be doing. Um, so yeah, that was certainly an adventure. Uh, and like a, a nice great story. Yeah, a nice just kind of like welcome to LA. <laughs> yeah, what a great story. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know where to continue on from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Hello Kitty Con. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Hashtag. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> um, 
So as you've gotten as you've gotten your start and you've kind of moved moved forward, what what has been not only the biggest challenge in, in starting to get consistent, sustainable work, but what has also been the challenge of of making or completing completing that work? Mm. Um, well, I think um, myself <clears throat> removed from the equation and just movie making in general. Um, I think the hardest thing uh, in starting up your career is just meeting people um, and, and meeting people who are going to give you a shot and also be cool with like maybe guiding you in my, oh, now I'm getting back into my experience, but I, for me it was meeting people who were willing to teach me the things that I needed to know. Um, cause I'm still very much a student. I would still consider myself not to be quite as green as I was, but I feel like until I'm like doing this and like, I'm, I've got like a serious longevity in my career. I feel like there will, I'll always be learning something. And that's something I enjoy about it. Um, but meeting people is just so tough. Um, and something that you, that I recognized was just the importance of, um, networking, uh, and seeing like the inherent value in going to like places where, you know, like one of the catering events that I worked just to get back into that for a second was at USC and it was at their cinematic school. So like I'm in this courtyard that is sponsored by the Academy. Like when you hear the Mm -hmm. Academy word, that Academy and one Mm -hmm. building off of it is the Steven Spielberg school and across the hall is the George Lucas school. And we're in this building and like you meet those people and you're like, that doesn't guarantee you like a a path, but it automatically is like a conversation starter with people who are like, so that was something I learned pretty early on. But I also, uh, I also learned that if you aren't willing, if you're willing to fail and if you're willing to kind of make a fool of yourself and, um, if you are cool with not really having a lot of money, you can work a lot of jobs for like nothing and network that way. And that's ultimately kind of, um, kind of like part of what I did to build my network. I also, I'm very, um, lucky to live with like Trent Bruce, who's very well connected, who's introduced me to a lot of people. Um, and if I could give a shout out to Andrew Jones and not to talk about this for too long, but, um, the guy who kind of got me where I am is a guy named Andrew Jones, Andrew Page Jones. Um, and when I was living in Jefferson city, before I moved to LA, I was a uh, bartending for these two restaurants owned by the same family. And I was working doubles probably like six, seven days a week. Um, and I was, uh, it was a day off that I'd had and I hadn't had a day off in a while. And this girl who I was working with didn't show up to work for whatever reason. And I was just raging cause they're calling me in my day off. Right. <laughs> I'm like so mad. So they go, uh, you know, like I got called in. I set up the bar. I like go fix my face from like rage mode of the bathroom. I go open the place up and this guy comes into my rest, you know, it comes in and sits at the bar, kind of wants to be left alone. I leave him alone. I cordial, very nice. He comes back the next night and informs me that he was living at the hotel just next door, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he comes back every night that week. And I kind of leave him alone because he's very busy at work. Um, But at the end of the week, he was talking to me and he said, uh, you know, Mark, do you know anybody in this area who's interested in the film industry? And I said, 
that's me. I, that, that's, uh, that's, that's me. And he said, well, no way, because uh, I'm actually in town doing pre-production. I'm about to start shooting a movie at the old uh, abandoned penitentiary in Jeff, where I'm from, where I was living at the time. And I said, no way. And he said, yeah, do you have any film experience? And I said, you know, I've got a bunch of theater experience, but I don't really have beyond like what I've like taken like classes at school. I don't really have a whole lot. I've, I've messed around my friends, but, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And he said, well, let's have you do an audition, and then, like, maybe I can get you a job as, like, a production assistant. So I, uh, I auditioned. Um, I played, like, a couple little bit, random little parts in this horror thriller that was shot at the prison there. Um, and then I kept in touch, and then that guy has introduced me to so many people um, through working with him. I've, I went on to produce my first feature film with him, which I'm sure St- Steve would like to talk, talked about at, at, at some point during this process called mm-hmm. Darkness Reigns. So I produced my first feature film with him. We're getting there. Um, um, he, uh, he was a showrunner for a TV show uh, this, that we shot this past summer called um, Casting the Net. Um, and he hired me on as an as associate producer on that. So I had my first scripted show. He's the guy who got me an interview um, and uh, ultimately what led to me getting a job with Naked and Afraid XL. Um, so And he's just been a, like a mentor and a friend and just a all-around great dude so shout out to, to andrew jones and his wife lenata washington um they are just the 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 best of the best out here for me they've just been been great Tra- travis i don't know if you know what prison he is talking about in jeff city but it is haunting it's a shutdown prison that mark and i have actually spent time in together when we went exploring in jeff city and it gives you chills i, I mean the fact that the, they shot a movie in there is just absolutely insane so, one of the most haunted places in the country no joke if you buy into that kind of thing yeah it's 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 Thanks. really cool but it, <laughs> it, it for somebody that's not superstitious or believes in a lot of that stuff it sends chills up my spine so but i'm glad you actually brought up a couple of uh of those other projects that you had worked on first thing that i that i want to talk to you about because i think this is so interesting is so you were just talking about naked and afraid xl so you got to actually work on a show on discovery channel which is super cool you did a lot you did it was a lot of behind the scenes stuff um but i actually sent you to africa for it was what 30 45 days 60 days can you remind me it was um 40 i think 45 let's let's call it 45 ish i don't remember exactly but that, that around there so just briefly, uh, just just kind of tell us a little bit about your experience doing doing work with that. Not only for just like a, a, a network television program, but having to do something basically out in the jungle every single day for a month and a half. Sure. Uh, you know, when I when I got the interview, I was working at a restaurant in Santa Monica, uh, and I and I was just pretty frustrated uh, about like not acting or not working enough production. And I put out a blast on Facebook. Andrew saw it, got me an interview. I went in and I interviewed, and it was still one of those things that it just didn't seem real. And it also, and if I'm going to be completely honest, in the back of my head, I was like, you know, these people don't know me at all. Uh, I've produced, like, one movie. Uh, I've got a couple of things on YouTube that I did when I was 21 or 22. Like, they're in my head, I was like, I, I don't think that they're going to hire me. But they hired me. And that was like a whole thing in itself, just because I had to get a passport really quickly. I ended up getting a passport in three days. That was nuts. Mm. Um, and uh, and I had to get all these shots. The list of shots that you have to get for Africa is just outrageous. 
So I get all these shots. Um, we go to a pre-production meeting. Again, in my brain, still not real. They're like talking about like what our uh, responsibilities like initially are going to be, blah, 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 blah. Then, and I had never been out of the country before. So we, um, we get on this plane and I'm looking at like our itinerary and I'm like, wow, travel time, 37 hours, huh? Wow. Uh, okay. Longest flight I've ever been on was four and a half like hours, like whatever. So we go over to Africa um, and right away, like, so we flew into Johannesburg from London um, and then we had to get in a bush plane um, like, uh, and that took us to a small township outside of where we were going to be staying. And I remember when we landed, they got us in these like safari vehicles essentially that we like loaded all our stuff into. Um, and, uh, and you got like all your safari stuff. Like I, I had to get snake boots, I had to get a machete. Uh, I, I had like a med kit. I had UV protected clothing. I had stuff for my neck for all the bugs. Um, mm. I like read up on like how to approach or deescalate situations with most species of wildlife over there, whatever. And, uh, yeah. And you get over there and, uh, so we're in this, like basically like these, these cars. So they could go to where all the crew is meeting up and there's much like you would see like deer crossing on the road. They've got like hippo crossing signs and like <laughs> elephant crossing signs. Jeez. And you're like, you know, I've got to pick a couple pictures of my phone because I was like, I don't believe. It. And then, then you're seeing like giraffe looking over the fences and like zebras cutting through everything. And, and very much it became very real very quickly from like this, like, oh, like this is like the show Naked and Afraid I've seen on TV to like, oh, I'm out in nature with all these things. And then that was, um, boy, that was a real, real slap of reality. Um, <laughs> because like, because we, we, you know, I worked on the, the season of Naked and Afraid that I worked on was called Naked and Afraid XL All-Stars. Um, and uh, we were in South Africa. And uh, we, it was very, you know, we'd had meetings about like what we were going to be doing and like what my responsibilities were and like whatever. But nothing can really prepare you when you're green, as I was, uh, for this. Because you've got... Uh, a feed in one ear that you, you hear all the people that are actually on the show. And then you've got a feed in this other ear that is the walkie channel of everybody that is in the field with you. And then on top of that, you're having to listen for like crashes through the branches behind you because there's some crazy wild animal right there that you should have been paying attention to that like is now suddenly <laughs> two feet from you. And like, you have to figure out what it's just like a totally like a, it was such like a significant difference that when I got back to America, I uh, I remember landing and um, I got like a, a ride to my apartment and I had like several bags. And when we uh, were going into my place, I had like a couple bags and then like one more in the car that I had to go back for. And I left the front door open and like halfway on my, my way back to get the other bag in the car, I realized the front door was open and I bolted back to close that door and it's because i had just trained myself when i was living in a hut with wooden floors and a straw roof that like you had to close everything because like scorpions snakes monkeys oh, baboons God. 
like they get into your cabin, they get into your stuff because like you smell weird. You know, it's just like a it's a total it's just a shift in like awareness that like I I mean, I, I was like I certainly enjoyed my experience, but I don't think I ever truly felt relaxed one time while I was over there just because there's black mambas, there's crocs, there's hippos. I mean, there's like you hear lions at night, you hear leopards calling at night, um, you know, snakes, snakes everywhere, snakes I mean, I can't stress that enough. And that was just like, you know, baboons. Uh, you'd have to just like train yourself to like not walk in, under any trees because there could be black mamas that like fall down on you, or there could be a leopard that you just don't see. Like you just, you know. So I remember like when I got back, like yeah, I left my front door open, I bolted back and ran, and then I realized like, oh, wait a second, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm going to have a beer and lay on the couch and uh, not think about (laughs) (laughs) putting an untimely end to me because I wasn't paying attention, which is certainly up my alley of not paying attention. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, One of the things I wanted to ask you, so you've done a TV show. Uh, I know you've done a bunch of uh, documentary stuff. You've done full length film. Of those three, if you had to pick the rest of your career from this place forward, mm. which one would you go for and why? Ooh. Um, you know, at this point in my career, I would rather work um, – I'd rather work in documentaries, I think. Um, I, I worked on that – so I worked on a documentary um, that will be coming out called Every Breath Counts. Um and, is that uh, the one in uh, the folks in Missouri that you're yes. telling me about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, that is that is uh, will forever have like a really special place in my heart. And uh, documentaries. I mean, uh, I will continue to work in movies and TV, and I'll continue sure. to go after everything. But um, I think if I, you know, if I ever get any kind of substantial means, or if I am ever able to, I would love to. Uh, to really focus on like documentaries that like help raise awareness or help people just because, um, that was such a rewarding experience, man. I've worked on a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, uh, but I've worked on some projects that I, that, you know, they were a paycheck and, mm-hmm. um, and I worked on that project that like helped out kids in my community, gave them a cool opportunity. Um, got to work with that amazing team that was just fun like it, it just felt like you were just capturing really fun stuff with your friends all day um and that briefly was, briefly tell tell us what that one's about sorry mark sure yeah um it it, it follows the story of a kid um from the mid-missouri area his name is josh arnold um josh has a cystic fibrosis um uh, which is a disease that affects the lungs um and we he he had always kind of had like a a passion in, in acting and the dramatic arts and so he came up in that same community you know that I did doing community theater and there's this theater camp in Jefferson City that uh, comes in the summers called Showdown run by Flip and Cindy Cobbler uh, shout out to them um, and they do these theater programs for kids out. Um, kind of all over the country uh flip and cindy uh back in the 90s fun fact they were known as the uh as the sequel king and queen of disney so they did like blind king 2 they wrote that they wrote like the sequel to hunchback and Notre dom they wrote that uh wow. 
they've written like Jeez. a like if if there was like a big popular you know sequel to any of like the big Disney movies in the 90s, they were probably behind it. Uh, they've also written like a bunch of plays. Um, so the, and they do like a lot of outreach and education. So anyway, they've been coming to Jeff City. Josh got involved with them uh, at a young age, came up through that program. Um, really, uh, I mean, Josh just shines everywhere he goes. So, um, so he did that, uh, that program and, um, yeah. And so they, they talked to him about doing, um, like a film centered program, um, which had not been done, um, at least to my knowledge in the mid Missouri area. So they, uh, they hired this guy, Stephen Lamorte, who I've worked with, uh, on several projects. Now he's a great guy. Um, and they hired him as director. I met Stephen at a uh, networking event put on by the Missouri Film Office. Shout out to the Missouri Film Office. Um, and so I went to that networking event. I met Stephen, um, learned he was doing this documentary. Said, how can I help you? Because it's in my hometown. This is perfect. Um, so I got involved with that. And then I just did like a lot of logistics and coordinating with that. Um, and we put on a, a feature-length movie called Gumshoe High with Josh as the lead, starring other kids from the community. Um, we had a, a mobile filmmaking team affiliated with Apple um, come in and they taught, they helped teach like part of like the film camp, which had never happened. And then we were pulling kids from the film camp to be in the movie. Um, and then we had a documentary crew covering all that, plus Josh's life at home. Um, some of the uh, things awesome. that he kind of has to overcome in his daily schedule that you and I don't ever have to think about just to, you know, get his, to get himself feeling good and mm-hmm. strong and ready to go. And then um, they made a, a great movie. Um, the documentary hopefully will be coming out, I think, within the next year. We got a, a cut of it, I'm being told, um, that everyone's really, really excited about. Um, but yeah, that was such a. If I could keep working on stuff like that, if I could do at least like one or two of those a year, man, my heart would be full for the mm-hmm. rest of my days, man. That was really, really special. That's awesome. I I, I love that story, and I've, I've heard you tell that story several times. Um, and I, I personally cannot wait to to watch that um, yeah so we uh we're starting to wind down on time um but i wanted to finish off with with talking about this topic which is great to both of our hearts um travis i know you know this a little bit but um so i actually was lucky enough to visit mark in jeff city when he was working on a movie um he's actually made a couple movies out in jeff city uh which is where he's from and it's it's called Darkness Reigns, and I got the chance to spend a week as the uh, part of the crew. Um, and Mark, I want you to talk about your fond memories of us working together on this movie because it was a it was a pretty pretty fun hellacious week. I, I got to tell you. So um, so I'm I'm very proud of Darkness Reigns. That movie was so challenging to make, which is available um, for purchase, by the way. Yes, check out Darkest Reigns <laughs> anywhere where you can rent movies online. Or My name it. is in the credits, just for the it's record. It's true, it's true. Steven's famous. <laughs> um, no. So uh, so uh, the first film that I was producer on was Darkness Reigns. Um, we shot it at the uh, now no longer existent Truman Hotel. This hotel had... Um, they were going to bulldoze it, I think, to build something over it. I don't know what they're going to build, but... You know, it was no longer no longer working in the Jefferson City uh, Visitors Bureau. And Chris Wilson, shout out Chris Wilson, he got, got us this location where we were uh, shooting at this hotel that was had been abandoned at that point. It's this horror movie 
um, that was just an absolute blast to shoot logistically logistic like it was just like it was just very challenging every day uh, I got Steve on because Steve had throughout college was like a confidant of mine someone I would always bounce ideas off of but also like a dude who like I could if I was like really in a pinch and having like an oh shit moment I could be like Steve can you help me out with this and you know help me out and Steve would be like yeah no problem so I was going to Jeff City to shoot this movie. I didn't have a lot of contacts, like a lot, a lot of contacts, like in in Missouri that I could trust that I knew would be would help me out. I called up Steve. I said, "Please, please tell me you can come work on this movie. I can't really pay you a lot, but I can put you up <laughs> and feed you every day, and you can get, you know get experience working on a film set." Steve's the homie, so Steve's like, "Absolutely." He comes down, and I just kind of threw Steve into it because at that point uh when you're working on an independent film i think with independent films because you know i've I've worked with like bumhouse amazon apple like people who are like you know they got their they got a system they're humming they're going with independent filmmaking it's just a lot of like whack-a-mole with problems and it's just like (laughs) but not only like whack-a-mole but like you have to time out when you're going to whack a specific mole because you're just like, okay, this one, this particular situation isn't like totally engulfed in flames. There's like an ember. It's on fire, but I'll get back to it like maybe in 10 <laughs> minutes. And so Steve, who is just a, a champion of champions, just kind of had to go to work with me and watch me have a meltdown multiple points throughout the day as I tried to figure out how to like tackle each problem. And so Steve was like, it, it, as as the producer on set for that particular project, I was the producer because the other producers were the lead actress and the director, and they needed to be focused on other things. So everything else just kind of ran through me. And so, uh, so yeah, I I would get like some bad news. I would like go panic to Steve about it. Steve, who was just always like cool hand Luke, would, would always just be like, dude, what do you think we did about you know? What do you think if we try it like this? And I'd be like, Steve, you are a, a you are a genius and you're so beautiful. And then he'd slap me on the butt and then we'd go our separate ways and like tackle problems. And then we'd come back and I'd be like, okay, Steve, now I'm going to cry about this issue. And he'd be like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And then I would go over here and it was a beautiful, (laughs) just like I barely kept my head above a panic attack at any given moment. Steve just kind of got thrown at whatever needed to happen. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. <laughs> and we shot a fun movie, and I'm very proud of it. And it was all, you know, like a lot of the crew and a lot of the actors were Missouri-based. And um, that particular director, Andrew Jones, like he's got a real affinity for Missouri. I think we're going to shoot more projects in Missouri. Uh, if in the future I need another production assistant, I know where to look. <laughs> Steve, there you go, big dog. Someone who's cool with listening to my dad's weird whistling he does at 5 30 in the morning while he's making coffee because we're all crashing at my parents house because <laughs> i don't have the budget for us to be at a hotel <laughs> so all right so to put that part into context not only are we staying in the basement of your parents house but it's literally a line of five twin beds all in a row yep with a bunch of just grown-ass men with our oh, feet yeah. dangling off like it's some stephen king film for real <laughs> The smells I've smelled in that basement. Oh man, that's was, awesome. It, to put it in perspective, it was it was basically seven days 
of 18-hour workdays, and I actually went at the last week of of shooting, and so there was probably a lot more problems at that point than there was at the beginning. Um, so the stress was at an all-time high, but it was a pretty crazy, crazy cool experience. I uh, can't tell you if I would do it again or not. Um, <laughs> Steve, that's not what honest. you want to do. There, there's a dollar amount. I just need to figure out what it is. But there's a dollar amount, and I can get you back on set, dude. <laughs> well, for the record, that dollar amount is going to be higher than uh, what I got paid um, for this film, which was $0.00. Steve, um, you signed an NDA, experience. so well, Lee's going to need to talk to there's you. A lot, there's a lot of high fives and handshakes. And some pats on the butts. Yeah, uh, I was very generous with the pats on the butt, if you'll remember. So I don't know why you're <laughs> complaining. A lot of uh, a lot of dog pats on the head. Like, good job, pal. Yeah. Uh, um, can I can I plug can I plug a few things real quickly, as quickly as I can? Sure. Thanks, guys. So casting the net is the show that I uh, just uh, was associate producer on this last summer. It just started streaming May first. Um, so if you download the app called Urban Flicks TV, it's an app that you would download, uh, much like you would Netflix or Hulu. Um, there's a seven-day seven, seven day free trial. There's six episodes of our show, Casting the Net. Uh, please give us a watch if you're looking for something to, to watch during this weird time. Um, I would really appreciate it. Uh, that would uh, do a lot in terms of getting us a second season and more episodes. Um I just worked on a, a movie in February that'll be coming out over the next year, so look on, uh, be on the lookout for that. It's called We Broke Up. It stars William Jackson Harper. He was he played Cheaty in The Good Place, and he was also in the movie Midsommar. Aya Cash yeah, was in the movie uh, You Are the Worst. She was in The Newsroom. She's going to be in the second season of The Boys, which will be coming out soon, so be on the lookout for, for her. And Tony Cavallaro, who plays Keith in uh, The Righteous Gemstones, and he played Dewey in School of Rock. Um, outstanding uh movie there um and the uh i, I worked on two other projects um called uh, nocturne and crones there's going to be a series coming out on amazon prime that i can't tell you the name of it but i worked on two episodes of it the names of those being nocturne and crones it was produced by blumhouse uh in uh, partnership with amazon so be on the lookout for those because those are going to be fun um I don't really want. To, I don't know how much more I can uh, allow to say about those particular projects, but uh, <laughs> be on the lookout for those. Those were those were uh, an absolute blast. So that's thanks. awesome, Mark. Dude, I'm yeah. proud of you, man. Thanks, guys. This, is, uh, this has been great, dude. I uh, appreciate you doing this. This was uh, a man. Been, I was I was kind of nervous. I was kind of nervous to do this. I was like, oh man, like what? Yeah, I was like writing down notes, and then I was like, wait, I'm just talking to Stephen Trap. Why am I nervous? <laughs> to do this so this is um this has been a blast you guys have a great awesome. have a great podcast going i'm a fan uh make sure that you everybody subscribe to this podcast if you subscribe and if you download and like the all these episodes of all these podcasts it goes a long way and get it uh you know a different playlist for you know uh, people to more people to hear it so support your boys even if you don't like anything that i just said in the past hour <laughs> subscribe and just skip this episode well listen to it muted so you don't have to hear my voice but um you know whatever that's awesome steve take us home mark Mark will promise to get you on his as a as a as a a set person um on his next next show if you like and share our pod so there you go um it's true but 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 i do want to close some things off so at the end of every episode obviously we like to do shout outs of the week um, and Mark, since you are our first official guest on this pod, 
uh, we're going to actually give you the honors to do the um, the shout out. So why don't you go ahead and uh, throw it down? Absolutely. Um, I read that Nike is donating 30,000 pairs of shoes to healthcare workers across the country. So I'd like to shout out Nike and our healthcare workers on the front lines. Everybody, please stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and don't be a dummy. <laughs> That's an excellent shout out of the week. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. How, how that do you wrap it. something else up like that? That's amazing. <laughs> you put a nice bow on it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know that, that that's gonna about do it for us. Uh, thank you again, Mark, for taking the time to jump on with us and and uh, have a couple beverages and. Yeah. And, can I? Can we? Um. After this, after you stop stop recording, can we have like another? Just like for like just for a second. Do you guys have time or no? I, mean, I, can go, I, I can get some more beers from the fridge. If that, is that what you want? I mean, if you got like another 10 minutes after we stop recording, I'd, I'd love to hang that's out and just like for just sure. chat for another second. Totally, dude. Um, well, that's going to that's gonna end up doing it for us on the Half Hour Podcast. Um, please, please be sure to follow us on the socials. You can find us on Twitter. Um, our tag is at happy underscore our pod. And you can also find us on Instagram. Uh, it's at the happy hour hangout. Um, please, um, you can find us on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts. Please give us a review, um, good or nice. We really hope it's five stars, stars obviously, but uh, we really want to get you guys' feedback. And please, uh, you know, like and share, um, you know, everything in the show notes. You're, you know, we're going to post this to YouTube as well. Um, you know, but we really appreciate all the feedback. We've actually gotten a, quite a bit of feedback of of uh, beers to try. Um, you know, in, in upcoming episodes, just feedback on how the episodes are going. Because, uh, you know, Travis and I are still trying to find our footing, so to speak, in this whole thing. Um, but like I said, thanks again to everybody. Big, big thank you to Mark uh, for coming on and, and sharing some stories with us. Thank you, uh, guys. Travis, you got anything to close it off for us? Nope. Cheers, friends. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.